0: This is the Havila Cunnington Podcast, and this is Ben Cunnington. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are interrupting the normal podcast format, and we have been in the middle of an online summit where Havilah got to sit down with 17 key voices and communicators from around the nation and have some really amazing conversations. So we're going to let you tune in to one of those uh, today. We're actually going to split it up into two parts And this uh, podcast is going to be with Havala and Christine Kane. And it's just an incredible conversation. Christine has some amazing things to share, amazing insights, and just things that we think are going to be just a huge blessing and encouragement to you. So thanks so much for tuning into this podcast. So grab that cup of coffee and let's jump into part one of Living Eternity Now
1: so excited to have Christine hang with us today. And not only is she a friend, she's a hero. And I, I love who she is. Like I literally can't imagine the world without her. I can't imagine the world without you. I'm talking to you in third person. But Christine, thank you for being with us today. It's an honor to have you.
2: Havala, it is my pleasure. I really mean that.
1: <laughs> and where in the world are you? You're like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? It's where in the world is Christine Kane
2: today? It is a bit like that. Where's Waldo today? I'm in um, Southern California, so I'm at home today, which is uh, awesome, to be honest. So I'm very, very pumped. Um, I've just done another lap of the globe. People say, where are you? And I go, I just do laps of the world. So uh, today well, I'm home, so it's good.
1: That's very good. You've had a busy year. And you're not only are you a wife and a mom of two beautiful girls, you live in, in California, but you do travel the world consistently. You are a prolific author, which we'll talk about your book in a little bit. You also are a movement. I mean, you you have started, you have churches around the world. You have uh, A21, which is a movement directed in helping, helping rescue people out of the industry, of the sex industry. And you have different... Um, in fact, I'm always learning about a new place, a new, new—I uh, should say—base in different nations. And then, as well as you have Propel Women, which is not just a, a women's movement, but you have Propel—it's an activate. You have powerful women that are doing that. So I don't know what else you could possibly add to your plate. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that is daily TV.
1: Yeah. Oh, and there's daily. TV. That's right. So they can bind you at any at any point. Um, yes. as well as you are, they can find you really anywhere on socials too. Cause you're yeah. everywhere. Um, you know, it's interesting. We, we look at you and you are a powerful woman. You're, you're, uh, you know, apostolic and you, you've done so many things, but it's easy to look at someone who's successful and assume it was easy for them. And I guess it'd be interesting to find out how in your life have you dealt with struggle and how have you seen the enemy be directly try to take you
2: out? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, um, even when we were talking earlier and you said uh, talk about spiritual battles in the beginning, I'm just kind of um, laughing because I don't know a time when there hasn't been one. And in fact, probably for me, 2017 has been the most intensely in terms of intense spiritual warfare and attack and the closest I've come to being taken out would have been 2017. So it wasn't just the enemy. Not only will he try to abort the the dream, the destiny, the call before the you know before you even adhere to the call. So he always tries to abort it. Of course, at the beginning, if he doesn't succeed, it's very uh, similar to my natural life too. You know when when um, he wasn't able. To, to abort me in my mother's womb, then it's like we'll just abandon you in a hospital and then when you're three years old right through to your teenage years, you will be sexually abused. So even in the natural, the enemy always came after, trying to uh, stop the call before it came into fruition. So he's always going to do that. And um, when that doesn't work, it's not that he stops. And so I think uh, my spiritual mother is Joyce Meyer, you know, and she always says to me, Chris, new levels, new devils. (laughs) And um, the point is that... Uh, as you step into everything new, at the threshold of every transition in your life, the devil will spe- send a spirit of fear. Yep. Will assault you in warfare from the enemy. So, um, I've learned. I'm probably more um, aware now than ever. I'm more focused than wow. ever, and I'm more vigilant than ever, to say the least. So it's not a once-off thing, and I think we p- do people yeah, a disservice when we try to tell them that um, the reason why Ephesians 6 talks about the weapons of our warfare, that's stuff we need to take up every day. Um, So I think in Christendom, we've become so uh, focused on living a life of grace and ease and comfort and uh, blessing that we actually forget that we you know, the Bible refers to us, we're soldiers and we're athletes and we're farmers, they are all very active states. None of them are you're sitting by the beach. Um, yeah, you know, there's, yeah. a big, there's a big push in Christendom to, I'm a very kingdom now um, Christian as well, but we're here to bring heaven to earth, but it's a fight to bring yeah. heaven to earth. And so I think the day we forget we're in a fight, that's when disappointment, discouragement, dis- disillusionment will take you out because you. And I think that's where the enemy has blinded most people now. That's why your book yeah. is crucial, and the book. And I'm, you know, when when I found out you were writing this book, I was like beside myself because I don't know that there's a more prophetic word for the body of Christ. This has never been a game to me. This has never been wow. a. I'm trying to build a platform. This has never been. I'm trying to start something. To see how much i could do this side of eternity um, i feel like god has given me divine assignments i don't yeah. have that much time for networking god has connected me sovereignly and yeah. supernaturally but i want divine appointments i don't have time for nebulous networking or nebulously trying to build a platform the stakes are too high the battle is too hot and um there's too many casualties and we're in a time and i know people are watching this from all over the yeah. world so I've been following Christ for 31 years and um, if there's never been a time on the earth like now which I'm more convinced than ever Jesus must be coming back soon because um, the stakes are so high. We are losing soldiers at a rate that is, that is devastating to me. Maybe I'm 51 now, I'm a spiritual mother.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm not a daughter in Zion anymore. I'm more of a mother in Israel in, in terms of where my heart is and where my focus is. Um, but it is stunning to me how many, the Bible says, you know, in the last days, a whole yeah. lot of stuff is going to happen. And he's going to grow cold. There's going to be a lot of false teaching around. Um, people are going to call evil good and good evil. People are going to lose their bearings and everywhere I turn, um, I'm watching people get sidetracked with a whole lot of issues and sidetracked with a whole lot of causes because they have forgotten we are in a spiritual battle. That's why your book, everyone's got to get it. And um, I'm not just saying that. I I don't even have time to just go read everything. We don't have time to read everything. So we need to read the stuff that is actually going to strengthen us um, for battle because we have a generation of Christians that don't know. Um, Number one, don't know we're in a spiritual battle. And number two, would not know how to fight uh, if, if, you know, they, they don't know how to fight. So we've got to teach them because not only is destinies and callings at stake, but lives are at stake and eternal destinies are at stake. So, yeah. Uh, and it, it's because mostly because we have so pulled back from a warfare mentality in our Christianity because We don't want to be associated with the Crusades. We don't want to be associated with colonisation. We don't want it to seem like there's so much militancy out there and with ISIS and so many negative religious movements, the Christian movement has wanted to say we're about love and we're about grace and we're about kindness and we're about goodness. We are, but we are also in a battle. And if you don't know how to war spiritually, you will be taken out. Not you might be, you will be. That's crucial.
1: I love it. You know, I was raised in an evangelist home. And so when you start to talk, I'm like, I start to feel, you know, an evangelist. We're all called evangelists, so I, I don't want to like limit it to the office of the evangelist. But you, you know, you live with the sobriety of this is not about my calling, and like you said, it's not about my platform. It's not about being on the top of the list of whatever. It is about people's eternal lives. Like, like this is where they're going to end. They're going to end up somewhere, and we have one minute. Like the Bible talks about our life being a whisper. We have a little bit of time, and we better get on with it. And I, I think what is powerful about your life and your message and your ministry is that you are not afraid to go into dark places and places people don't want to go topics people don't want to talk about uh, cities and nations that people don't want to go into have you always been that way
2: even as a young woman yeah I think um and I haven't thought about it as hard here's the deal um I've thought light needs to go into darkness i've never been one to want to shine more light so even then people go well why are you doing a woman's thing you know there's so many women's thing it, it is purely to activate the lord spoke to me out of um the book of matthew you know the harvest is plentiful the laborers are few therefore pray to the lord as the lord of the harvest to send forth laborers that word um sent forth in the greek ekvalo, to propel laborers my sole purpose of doing it is to activate people yeah, for yeah. Mission. And, and when I talk about mission I'm not talking about going to Africa for as a missionary but to live life on mission with intentionality because so much of our conversations are around your dreams and your call look look you know depending what night of the week is and what pizza I've eaten <laughs> is am I still willing at 51 to drop my nets and follow when he calls yeah, whatever yeah. that is. and that call normally is to somewhere that's not convenient somewhere that's unpredictable somewhere that's not comfortable and somewhere where it's dark but there is no other purpose for the light like i've always wondered why do christians want to talk to each other um and why and maybe that's my evangelist calling i don't know maybe that's but i just cannot work out in the very short vapor james says that we're here on this earth why would i not take light into the darkness. And even though, of course, I am very um, committed to beauty and to creation and to leading a flourishing life, but I cannot separate that from mission. And I don't believe actually you are flourishing. I think we've taken a lot of secular Western pop psychology and we've called that a flourishing life. Mm -hmm. And so we say as a Christian, you know, basically if you're happy and we call abundance what the world calls abundance if I've got a lot of stuff. Yeah invited to a lot of places if a lot of people are talking about me and tweeting about me whoa I'm awesome and I'm leading an abundant life and I'm like you could be on the way to hell you might not even be fulfilling what God's called you to do and the biggest challenge in the 21st century both men and women but especially women as women you know because we're all committed to empowering women one of the challenging things for women and the single most challenging thing I have found throughout my entire 31 years of my Christian life is to stay on track and to stay in my lane, to not get distracted. I felt the Lord say to me very early on, um, I want to entrust you in a culture that idolizes success. I want to make you success within that culture and take you to the top of the totem pole so that you can deconstruct the totem pole and tell everyone the emperor is not wearing any clothes. Wow. And so I feel like part of the favor God has given me is and taken me supernaturally. You know, I just come back from India and we got that Mother Teresa award which um yeah, it's it, yeah, incredible it is incredible and it's an honor but we're not that good and that's the bottom line is <laughs> god did it um yeah. for his glory and again to give me another platform um to be able to say uh this is not that the goal wow. is not that the goal is um jesus and his kingdom there is a heaven there is a hell we must make a decision and we must live our lives on purpose and so you know, there's only so many pictures you can post of us eating kale salads and going <laughs> to them. #hashtag blessed. Um, at some point, there has to be this thing where you, go. when I'm getting more likes for me eating a kale salad than I'm getting for another victim of labour trafficking or yeah. sexual, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I know that there's something really um, wrong. Yeah. yeah. And um, I see it, and every now and again I just do it because I'm like, watch this. And it's like, (laughs) you know, um, the minute I think, wow, I'm so effective, you know, I just kind of go, there's so much work to be done. And people go, you have a one-track mind, but Jesus had a one-track mind too. I don't know why we think that's wrong. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And he had a one-track mind. Um, that I'm here. Whatever God, whatever the Father asks me to do and tells me to do, that's what I do. Whatever you see me doing, that's what He's doing. And so, I want to become more one-track. The older yeah. I get, I want to become even more focused. The older I get, and in our culture, and even in our modern Christian culture, that's odd. People it is. I'm odd, and, um, it is. and you have to learn to be be able to walk with a degree of loneliness, walk with a limp, walk. It's so funny because in terms of numbers and success and award-winning books and award-winning social justice works and speaking at places people would dream of, um, I'm doing all of that. Yeah. But none of that is the goal. None of that is even like uh, that is a privilege and an honour
1: yeah.
2: in that what it means is God at this point has chosen, he wants my voice to carry as long as my voice is saying what he wants it to say the day that I begin to try to tickle the ears of people yeah. uh, very early on when I was in Bible school, when I graduated the, we had presbytery and, um, and I know if there's evangelical people watching, this, you don't even know what this is, but the prophets would come in and lay hands on you yes. and, and talk about your future. Well, back then. So that was in 1990 in my life. And, um, in, and then these are people that I didn't know, people that didn't know me, people we'd never met. Mm-hmm. And um, they prophesied everything. It didn't have the name A21 now, it didn't yeah. have the name Zoe Churches, it didn't have the name Propel Women, but everything from um, restoring the broken places, going into cities like you said, we have churches in Warsaw, Poland, Sofia, Bulgaria, Thessaloniki, Greece, um, and rebuilding. Uh, broken city. I mean, that was all prophesied over my life. Impact, a, a woman that will impact my generation. That was spoken wow. up in my life. Um, you know, the evangelistic anointing and preaching and teaching and, and television. Well, it wasn't said television then, but it was, you know, you will reach the globe. Well, it would be yeah. all of that um, and, and through the internet. But all of that was prophesied, but it was around, um, then it was also coming out of uh, John chapter 2 where the prophet spoke over my life and said, Christine, you must remember when Jesus came in to Jerusalem, the Bible says he did not give ears to man because he knew what was in the heart of man. And they said, with your personality, people are always going to go, she's awesome, she's awesome, she's awesome. Or, you know, she's the Antichrist, There's uh, <laughs> very little in between. That's what my kind of personality does with, uh, with one or the other. Right. So then it is... Um, so it's like the same crowd that this week sings Hosanna, next yeah. week they we crucify them. Right. So it was to, right. Them to just go, okay, don't give ears to man And in our social media culture, yeah, temptation. For any young woman starting out uh, and continuing on, yeah. will be to give ears to man to say yeah. what will get you more followers. To what? Well, yeah. say what maybe will get more people to buy your books. But when you start selling your soul, nobody else will know it, but Jesus does. If you start selling your soul for that yeah. stuff, um, you won't. You won't last. The testimony of me is not that I started as this strong anointed woman at 21. It's that at 51. I'm more effective than yes. I ever was. Yes. That's actually the fact that yes. somewhere in my heart, I haven't, um, I haven't sold out and I'm creating platforms. I'm not just building Christine Kane. Propel is to improve.
1: Yep. It
0: just paused.
2: got your back? Yeah, yeah, keep going. Okay,
1: you were saying you were right on Propel. You were saying I'm building Propel. Sorry.
2: Building Propel, but it's not just for me. It's creating pipelines for a generation of women. Mm -hmm. 821 has got 12 offices around the world. 50,000 people walking for freedom, 400 cities in the world. It's not about me. Everything is bigger than me that will outlive me and is for the... Because that's that's the whole job, building local churches around the world. I mean, I'm a local church girl yeah. to Um So building the church and any speaking and teaching I do outside is to build local churches. So it's not about... You know, the challenge with the generation of building platforms, yeah. the challenge with the generation of building your media, you know, the Bible says in Second Samuel eighteen eighteen, Absalom, because he had no sons to bear his name in remembrance, built a monument to himself. Right. So mm-hmm. because we're not building spiritual sons and daughters, we're starting to build monuments to ourselves. And in Babel, come, let us make a name for ourselves. Right. So- built a monument to himself it didn't go well for Absalom didn't go well for Saul yeah. it didn't turn out that well for um, you know when they built the Tower of Babel so I'm like I don't know why we think it's going to work out well um, for us and so if we don't have the fear of God in us about our social media our name um, then something is fundamentally wrong yeah. and use spiritual terms like I just want the name of Jesus to go out and um, it's, it's like you can't trick God that's the bottom line you cannot like And I think what I still have is a very healthy, reverential fear of God. Yeah, I really do.
1: Yeah, you do. And what I love is, honestly, what you're talking about is we don't build our life toward eternity. We start in eternity and we build it from that point. And that's what I hear you say. It's like, listen, I'm not building like a thing of like, hey, I'm trying to get to a place. It's like, I know where I'm going. I know what I need to do that matters there. And yes. so I'm going to build a life that when I get there, it mattered, it counted, and it's rewarded. And and it, that is not the, quote, unquote, popular, sexy thing to do. It, it really isn't. And it's going to get harder. It's going to get tougher because there is this, this fantasy life that people want to build up. But the truth is, the gospel isn't a fantasy. And and you said, like you said, there is a battle, and we better choose. And the battle sometimes happens in our own camp.
2: And we don't like to admit that. But that's the truth. And really, the battle always happens in our own camp because you're never anywhere else but your own camp. (laughs) So that's the bottom line. Where where do you think it's going to happen? And uh, all my battles have come. It actually is Someone out there really doesn't have the power to take me out i don't really care i don't even know what to say and i'm not it, it is always from within whether you're building a church the person in seat number 300 out the back there he does not have the power or she to split your church it'll always come from within and so um it is always from within the people that have access to me are the only people that are close enough to stick the knife in. And so every time I've almost been taken out, and say there's been three major times in my life where I've really wondered whether I'm going to be able to put one foot in front of the other the next day, Um, it has always come from within, bar none.
1: Gosh, that's really, I've never actually thought of it like that, but you're exactly right. And it is that you get to a point where it's not the crowds that really matter. It's your disciples. It's its Judas. It's the one that was he in is. the room that you're washing his feet and he's, he's, he's betrayed.
2: He is the one. That betrayal is, um, and because of sort of being left abandoned at birth and the rejection that came with all of that, um, more than anything, there is very little anyone can write about me or, especially if I don't know them, um, that <laughs> if you're strong, well, yes, um, but Jesus was is very strong too. He did not give ears to man because he knew what was in the heart of man. But I cannot even imagine um, how he felt being betrayed by Judas. Wow. And that's that's, for me, I'm entirely tender because to have access to my heart, you've come into a very inner circle, and um, in all three times in my life, and one very recently in 2017, um, it, it almost it almost took me out in that sense. Like I could only, you know, I, I don't know that I ever understood the sorrow of Jesus more than that.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Havilah Cunnington podcast. Again, we will be dropping part two uh, of this session with Christine Kane next week. So stay tuned for that. Also, a few other things I want to tell you about. Uh, All month long, you can find these uh, conversations. If you want to watch them, you can go to mypowerfullife.org and you can tune in for all of these conversations with lots of other key voices and just amazing communicators. But we'll be posting some of these uh, in the upcoming weeks right here on this podcast. So just stay tuned for that. And again, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Coming up real soon. In 2018, uh, we've got a free book club coming up. You do not want to miss out on that. It is starting January 16th. It's completely free. It's on truthtotable.com. Sign up for that. Um, Havala's new book, Stronger Than the Struggle, uh, it comes out in just a minute. So if you haven't pre-ordered your copy, you want to get that in your hands. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's, um, continuing along the lines of this topic of spiritual battle and warfare and what does that look like and how do we figure that out and navigate that in our everyday lives. Um, and so, again, grab your copy. But you can always jump into the book club for free. You don't have to have the book. Um, but again, you can always find Havil on social media. We love hearing from you guys. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, check her out there. And uh, again, if you love this podcast, we love hearing from you. So post a review. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you're loving, what you want to hear more of in the uh, weeks and months ahead throughout this year. So again, we love you guys so much. Thanks for listening and we will see you next time.